Would you pray with me? Loving God, center us in this moment. Help us to be fully present. Keep our hearts open for your word for us this morning. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So last week, when Jason Hayes, our executive director, gave the sermon, he listed the nine spiritual fruits that we've been working our way through for the past month or so. And when he came to the sixth fruit, instead of generosity, he said the word goodness. And I'm sure you noticed this immediately and have been troubled by it all week. So I want to clear this up. We typically use the New Revised Standard Version here at Montview. And in, this, in that version, the sixth fruit, agasathune in Greek, is translated as generous, generosity. But in a number of other versions, it's translated as goodness. So Jason had been using, he was using a version from the NIV version that he remembered from childhood. So after researching it a little, I decided that goodness is actually a really good translation of this, and taking Jason's change as a sign, decided to preach on goodness today. I also thought it would be a good challenge, since the word good seems to me so overused that it has hardly any meaning left at all. We use good to describe everything from a check that will clear to a point that is well taken to a burrito that tastes good. We talk about good students and good dogs and good manners, the good wife, a good show, by the way. We talk about people who are good-natured, good-humored, good-hearted, others who are up to no good, just looking for a good time or good for nothing. The Bible also loves the word good. The good book goes on about good works and good Samaritans and, of course, the good shepherd who, raised, who gave his life, died on Good Friday, and we call that now the good news. Good grief. But today, thankfully, we are not talking about the adjective good. We're talking about the noun goodness, which, the more I've thought about it, is a very different thing particularly the way that Paul talks about it as one of his spiritual fruits, particularly the way, for example, the psalmist uses it when the psalmist says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I think goodness, spiritual goodness, is best thought of as something, well, like grace or love, something that is, like them, infused in the world. It may even be pursuing us the way the psalmist says. And it has its own particular essence. What is that essence? Well, as I considered that, the word wholesome or wholesomeness kept coming to me. But wholesome is another word with baggage, conjuring for me images of cardigan sweaters and drinking milk and going to bed early and with my reputation for being such a cool, hip pastor, I really didn't want to give a sermon encouraging you to be wholesome. But then I looked up the history of the word wholesome. And in the 12th century, wholesome meant 
that which is of benefit to the soul. And I thought, okay, now we're getting somewhere. How interesting that 900 years ago, wholesome had lost all of its frumpiness, actually had a religious connotation, one that I think works equally well as a definition for goodness, that which is of benefit to our soul. And where do we find this goodness? Well, lots of places. Almost any time spent in nature, walking around a lake, or putting our feet in the sand, putting our hands in the garden, there's goodness there. Babies, bunnies, berries, puppies, ponies, lots of things that end in Y, it turns out, have goodness in them. A piece of beautiful music or a poem that can be of benefit to our souls. Water, air, sunshine, laughter, touch, forgiveness, Beethoven, birdsong, biscuits, goodness, goodness, and more goodness. Now, your list may look a little different than mine, but you get what I'm getting at. It's all around us, which is a good thing because there's also so much around us that is not good. So much that is not of benefit to our soul, so much that is actually heartbreaking and hard to bear in this world. And in a world that can be so violent or greed-driven or unhealthy, it's all the more important that we seek out things that really do nourish us, that restore our energy and our faith. And you would think, in fact, that seeking out goodness would come quite naturally to us. But it doesn't, does it? If we find ourselves with some free time, we often choose instead entertainment that itself is violent or, or celebrates greed or crime or unhealthy physical relationships. Or we escape into political channels that feed our anger or Pinterest uh, pages that feed our envy. We consume things that in smaller doses would be fine, but we overdo them. And all of it leaves us more depleted and exhausted than we were before. We should have been looking for goodness, and we settled for what looked good. Now, I've gotten into a show lately called Billions. Anybody want to admit to watching this? All right, two of you. Okay. Billions is very well acted, very entertaining. It is not very wholesome. And at the start of every show, up in the corner, they list out all the things in this episode that are going to make it for, quote, mature audiences only. And I know that that mostly means that what follows isn't good for children, which is certainly true. But that phrase has always bothered me, because I think it implies that if you're grown up enough, if you are mature enough, well, this show may not be good for you, but it won't be bad for you. And I'm not so sure. And I know there's research that says a show like this can help us to process complex emotions and feelings in a safe way. The same way violent sports may be helpful if they keep people from doing actual violence, or the way scary movies may help us process our deepest fears, and I think there's truth to all of that. But I also think it's true that as a general rule, most things that aren't healthy for children actually aren't that healthy for grown-ups either. And sure, we can deal with the negative impact better, maybe, 
But is that the standard we should be using for our entertainment? When we have some free time to refresh ourselves from this harsh world, should we be looking for things that aren't too harmful for us? Now, I'm not trying to take anyone's favorite TV show away, nor do I plan to stop watching Billions. But I think we need to be honest. I think of entertainment like that, like fast food. It tastes good going down, but don't expect it to fill you up and give you what you need. And don't eat too much of it. You'll get a stomachache. The real question that I want to ask is, are we consuming what really does refresh us? Do we have enough in our life of, dare I say it, wholesomeness? This world is infused with goodness as a gift from God to refresh and restore us. That goodness may even be pursuing us, trying to catch us. Let's give it a chance. As the Scripture this morning says, God's divine power has given us everything needed in life for life of, and godliness so that through them you may escape from the corruption that is, a, that is in the world because of lust and may become participants in the divine nature. And for this very reason, you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness. You must make every effort to support your faith with goodness. It starts with goodness. It starts with being honest with ourselves about what we're spending our time on. With plenty of room to be human, and, for, and permission to have fast food now and then. But also with a desire to become truly a mature audience. One that knows the difference between something that benefits our soul and something that doesn't.